Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. College football is the best time of the year. The fight songs. Announcers going crazy. of the crowd but for nick and ken college football only sounds like one thing Board is always in motion, as usual. Uh, we'll start at the top of it. I think this is in rotation order number. I don't Who cares if it isn't? Whatever. Here are the picks. Uh, Michigan State, Minnesota has been getting bet a, a pretty aggressively in the last like three to four hours. This was going to be, I like Michigan State in the game, but I need at least a touchdown to bet them. Uh, this was seven and a half, like six hours ago. Seven, and now the sevens are going away. So we're kind of like half six and a half, half seven. Need seven to make the bet for me. You can do whatever you want. Um, basically, this is just... It's funny that Minnesota is in the same state as the Vikings, and they actually tend to play games exactly like how the Vikings do. Conference games, one possession, um, had that crazy game against Iowa, obviously, with the, the, which we never talked about on the show, with the fair catch. And no, it was actually a fair catch call, and no, it wasn't, and the punt returned touchdown. And, uh, and now Minnesota plays Michigan State, who got absolutely housed by Michigan last week. Nothing really about that game tells you about this game. These are like two more evenly matched teams. Just playing for a close game. Both these teams played a bunch of close conference games already this year. Uh, don't like Minnesota's ability to win by margin, just like the Vikings. Uh, seven, uh, six and a half. I wouldn't bet it. You can do whatever you want. Michigan State plus seven, bet number one. We bet against Tennessee last week. It's one of the few things we got right. Uh, Alabama looked really up against it, then less up against it, and then like, oh my God, they're actually going to cover the game as Tennessee has a bunch of backdoor chances that didn't end up working. So I'm, look, I'm sticking to my guns on this one. I don't think Tennessee's that good. Milton gave you a great half, and then whatever the hell the second half was, and Alabama ends up covering the game. Um, And now here comes Kentucky, who is... I think you are getting like a remarkable buy point for them in the market 
and I'm I'm inclined to wait to bet this because fours have started appearing in this game, and I don't I think four and a half may not be far behind. I don't think people want Kentucky. Looked really bad against Georgia. Looked really bad against Missouri, which I think scared a lot of people off. Um, now a week off, I think you actually get like whatever a good version of them is in this game. Maybe it's not good enough to win, um, but four at home is I think a really good bet against Tennessee. Maybe I'm wrong and Tennessee's awesome. We haven't seen it for 60 minutes yet. So Kentucky plus four would be a bet. Uh, I would bet three and a half, but like you don't have to, like you're gonna get fours on the board or better. Uh, I think there are already fours on the board right now. This is a little square, but I just, I like the matchup and it's a little subjective and I like the number. Um, I think a lot of people, well, maybe they're not actually, maybe they got scared off last week. I like North Carolina against Georgia Tech. It's 12 on the road. Uh, okay, like homecoming night game. So like smaller point spread, like really a lot of people are gonna be there, really? I don't know. And uh, Ole Miss played Georgia Tech earlier in the year. Like obviously like an up-tempo offense with a good quarterback. They put up 48 on Georgia Tech. Bowling Green put up 37. Like here's Drake May and Tez Walker off a loss. And they did score a lot last week, even though they lost to Virginia. Not even bounce back, just I think they're going to score a billion points. And maybe they can't hold a number like 12, but I would make this like 14, 14 and a half probably. And nothing about what happened last week against Virginia would scare me away from playing North Carolina in this game. Maybe Drake May, number one pick, train gets back on the tracks, just like uh, the locomotive. Uh, so I like Carolina, another road game where you're probably not going to like the team because they lost last week i wasn't gonna bet clemson it was 10 uh they're I mean, coming i mean just two overtime losses this year where you just go how did this happen uh against miami and then florida state earlier this year and uh opens 10 and i'm like yeah cool all right and then nc state gets bet and then they get bet again and it's eight and a half now and uh i'm, I'm gonna play clemson under 10 if you want to see if it I don't think this is ever going to get to seven unless tomorrow Clemson announces like 17 players are out. But this is like kind of short. And NC State, I think your vision of them is like the last few years, NC State, oh, win nine games, like really good quarterback play, like feisty team. What we've seen so far this year is this just isn't that. This is a really bad version of NC State. Uh, couldn't hold up against North uh, against Notre, Notre Dame rather in week two. Swapped quarterbacks. Scored a lot on Marshall, but then like Duke didn't have to throw the ball to throttle them. I, I think Clemson's going to be able to put him away here. Yeah, it's like a little nervous that like maybe they're packing it in for this year, but I don't think that's the case. I think Clemson will still be playing, and it's a pretty short number. Uh, two o'clock start too. You don't even really have a great crowd probably for the game. Clemson eight and a half. Uh, you won't you won't want this. I like Indiana, and uh, there'd be like, oh, you like Indiana? That went great last week. Yep, fair point. Uh, who they got this week? Maybe somebody even worse than Rutgers. Nope, they actually have Penn State, and uh, Penn State's off the Ohio State game. Don't really care about that. More just the historical craziness of this market. This is a good version of Penn State. And this is a really bad version of Indiana. Last year's version of Indiana was also atrocious, like lost every game for three months atrocious. And they played Penn State the first week of November. And the number in the game at Indiana was Penn State by 13 and a half. And we already knew Indiana was terrible then. We didn't, there was no mystery. They were awful, 13 and a half. They're really that much worse. It's 31 and a half now, really? They're really that much worse? Just seems like kind of unlikely. And Penn State is like the least explosive offense in the entire country. So it's probably going to be hold on to your butts a little bit. But I like 31 and a half, 32 with Indiana. It's not really a key number, obviously. But like more than 31 with Indiana, I like. Uh, a couple Pac-12 overs. Uh, Washington State's offense has been miserable for a month. 
They've also played really good defenses, and I think they're going to be able to score more against Arizona State. Most importantly, this number's been getting bet down, where now I want to bet the over. Over 49.5 with Wazoo and Arizona State. And then I will bet the over. Colin likes team total over with UCLA. I just like the game over against Colorado. Uh, week off for Travis Hunter to kind of get back in the lineup. Shador, they were at the Nuggets game the other night. Like, you get a rep, finally, you get a rested version of Colorado and UCLA, 61-61.5. I like that over. Uh, and then just a few more sides. We have Marcus Freeman as a big favorite against Pat Narduzzi as a big underdog. This is like the double whammy. Uh, we will play Pitt plus the points and probably hold on to our butts in that game. But like, how can I not bet that game? Pitt 20 and a half. I think there's almost no difference between Baylor and Iowa State. Iowa State gave you a couple double digit wins going into this game. I think it's kind of pumping up what the difference between the teams is. I still think there's not really a big difference. And Baylor three plus threes are still on the board at home. Um, I like Baylor in that game with that number. Uh, and then a big favorite in the Big 12. Like, this is a little tricky because Kansas State just steamrolled last week and told you afterwards that the other team, like, quit on them. And now Houston comes in after almost beating Texas. I. I think Kansas, I think this is like an absolute demolition again. I think Kansas State's kind of on to something. And I think the number is a little short in this kind of a game. Uh, 17 and a half. No, it seems like a lot of points and Houston almost just beat Texas. But I don't think that's kind of what this game is going to be like. Houston really hasn't played an insanely physical team yet this year. We're like, that's their identity. Um, K-State 17 and a half. And then the last one, a parlay, actually, because I think this is the only way this team covers this number. And I actually think these are these. This is really correlated anyway. But I think in this game, it's even more. I think the final score of Ohio State Wisconsin is literally going to be like ten six. I like actually think that's going to be the final score. You put McCord on the road in a night game at Camp Randall. That's going to be a disaster. They're not going to be able to run the ball. He's not going to be able to hear anything. He was terrible against Notre Dame in a road night game. And then Wisconsin like can't score points against literally anybody. And you have to put those two things in combination. Like, what does this mean? It literally means like 13-3 Ohio State, 17-3 Ohio State something. Uh, 14 and a half and the under, if your book will let you parlay it just like something fun for that game i just i have visions of just a, a notre dame ohio state type game there could be wrong so it's 11 bets i'm yeah. feeling 11 and 0 this weekend i'm feeling, feeling any winning record would be great yeah. oh I, I think you're gonna get it on the other side we'll get winning prop bets for week eight in the nfl joined by our stadium teammate our friend brad evans we'll be right back with you better you bet presented by bet mgm <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Uh, we have disembarked from the locomotive. Ken Barkley's entire college football card for the weekend. Placed a lot of bets during the break. And absolutely love it. Can't wait for tomorrow. Can't wait for Sunday. Can't wait for tonight. Got a billion bets coming up uh, tonight. In 40 minutes, we will start giving out all those bets. And I I mean this truthfully. I'm a little nervous. I don't know how we're going to be able to get all of this in. (laughs) Like the hockey, basketball. NFL shorter, I think. You were saying your card's not very long. I have like five five bets, maybe six bets. I think we're just going to snap those off pretty fast. And, you know, before we do that, it's... It's a lot of bets. The NBA is yeah. is quite aggressive today. Well, it's pretty good. Wait, well, you have kind of like set the stage for what I'm thinking is going to be like a record setting night here on the show of giving out bets. Between that it's and kind I of got a bunch of hockey, we're already on the way. Yeah, we're, soccer, we're, college we're football. We got Brad's props coming up in a second. We got a lot going on here. I 
I got to tell you, I'll be locked into the El Clasico tomorrow and that AC Milan Napoli under, thanks to our pal Anthony DeBundo. Uh, ben Solak from the Ringer stops by in 20 minutes. His bets for the weekend in the National Football League. And again, 40 minutes from now, power hour, final hour. Bets of steel, best of the best in the NBA. Game one of the World Series and all our bets side in total week eight in the National Football League. But as Ken just alluded to, it's now time to get our pal Brad Evans and his favorite bets for the weekend in the NFL props and otherwise. Brad is on Twitter at Noisy Huevos and he is our stadium team. Uh, you watch Brad every day on Stadium, weekdays on Stadium at noon Eastern with the uh, critically acclaimed sports betting television show. It is awesome. We encourage everybody to check it out. Noon Eastern on weekdays, live on the line. Brad is also the host of the Fade 5 podcast, and he joins us here, as he always does, on a phenomenal football Friday. Brad, it's Nick and Ken. Welcome back to the show. Happy Week 8. Hola, amigo. Hola, amigos. And thank God Illinois is not playing this week. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brad, you were we were talking before the show. You're like you're kind of on the college hoops, and I know that's like crazy for people oh, to think entirely. about. It is rapidly approaching. Like, I mean, people. I don't think people, yeah. people are being kind of alarmed to know we're like a couple weeks away from like full slate weekdays and the Maui Jim Maui and all that stuff that kind of goes with it. Is there a maybe we can kind of like can we get a future from you here real quick? Like, have you bet any team to win the title yet? Is there like one team maybe people should go out and grab before we figure out how good they are? No, I haven't bet a damn thing yet in college basketball uh, because this is how I usually approach the sport. I don't know Jack. I don't know squat until about a month into the season. I got to go out there and actually scout the teams uh, compared to the advanced data and see what the strengths and weaknesses are and really the road to hoe uh, ultimately for each squad to ultimately determine whether or not I want to fire off a future bet on that uh, particular school. So, no, I have not wagered your darn thing. I will tell uh, the audience this. I told Costas this uh, at the break. The one team that I find fascinating at the low major level that can maybe make some noise, Eastern Kentucky, the Colonels. And uh, mark on our calendar now, uh, I believe in early December, they play at Purdue. And they may catch like, I don't know, 20, 25 points in that game. Bet on the Colonels in that one. Bet on them in the follow-up game against Alabama that may be in a neutral court environment. It doesn't matter. They're going to catch a boatload of points. The team's got everybody back, including the conference's leading scorer. They could win 27 games, and they're going to be one of those teams that's probably going to be a heavy underdog against high major teams early in the season. All right, so good stuff. Uh, college basketball here on October 27th. As Ken Eastern said, Kentucky. approaching Eastern yeah, Kentucky. That's not where Absolutely. I thought we were going. Uh, I'm happy it's where we ended up, though. Uh, all right, Brad, let's go from Eastern <laughs> Kentucky, you know, Eastern Kentucky to, you know, like the, the Houston Texans. Uh, Texans on the road at the Panthers this weekend. C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, uh, number one and number two overall picks in this year's, last year's NFL draft. Uh, what do you like in this game? Anything with Stroud? Anything with Young? Uh, I like everything Texans, uh, to be honest with you guys. I took Damian Pierce, actually, on an anytime touchdown at plus 120. Uh, you know, he's got the mother of all matchups on paper. You look at the Carolina Panthers. They are dead last. The true dregs of the keg and EPA rush defense. Giving up 5.30 yards for carry to running backs. They've allowed 13 combined running back touchdowns. And Pierce, you might say, look, he's uh, surrendering some work. Right now to Devin Singletary, that is true, but he's still averaging 16.2 rushing attempts per game, and he is top 13 in total red zone touches. So he's already got five goal line totes on the season. He's going to get a ball to belly and splash six in this game. Love that one. And I took the over on pretty much uh, everything Nico Collins related. Uh, the line open and probably at 51 and a half receiving yards. Head scratch the hell out of that. It's jump up the last I saw, 55 and a half. At BetMGM, and I'm taking it up in an escalator. 
um, ladder betting everything Nico Collins. I'd bet over 100 yards for him at significant plus odds. It uh, could be another monster game for him, a breakout season. He's averaging 91.2 yards per game. He's number four in yards per route run. And Carolina is getting a lot of Dante Jackson in coverage, and that is a gift that keeps on giving. He was a lot of 146.3 passer rating and 19.2 yards per catch. So Nico is about to go nuclear. He's going to detonate in the box score, and that's why I like him, the ladder bet. Or just take him on the standard receiving yards line. And yes, I am loud, I am proud, and I am a member of Team Stroud. I took the over on one and a half passing touchdowns with him. I think it's going to be another multi-TD effort. Uh, Houston wins in a walk. It will not be remotely close, which means they'll lose by 50 in the end. Brad, what are we doing with this Jags-Steelers game? I feel like I... Nick and I haven't even talked about this in a while. I feel like we probably both lean Steelers in the game. Maybe find ways to bet them teaser. If they got to three, maybe would bet them in the game, but kind of like unclear how to proceed. Maybe unclear about how this game's going to play out. Kind of a low total yeah. 41. Any props here for you? Or do you have a lean side or total? Oh my goodness. Christian Kirk. Yes, please. And thank you. Everything on him. I, I couldn't believe the receptions. It was a four and a half. I thought for sure. Lion was going to open at five and a half. I mean, he's just crushing the over in catches, crushing the over in yardage on a weekend week out basis in the low fifties. Uh, last checked there at bed MGM on the receiving yard specifically. Look at Pittsburgh. Uh, the Steelers have allowed the six most wide receiver yards this season. But most importantly, his primary assignment, since he works out of the slot, is going to be Shandon Sullivan, who has allowed a 63.6% catch rate, 111.2 pass rate in his assignments. Kirk has been the apple of Trevor Lawrence's eye. They got a bromance brewing down there in Duval County, and I think that's going to continue. As Kirk has seen 8.2 targets per game, he's number seven in route win percentage so he's getting the separation getting the space and accumulating the catches and yards as a result so i think it's gonna be at least another six catches uh maybe northwards of 70 yards in this game and again uh the threshold in receptions is four and a half and the line in receiving yards what i grabbed it at was 52 and a half way too low in my estimation you better, you better. Here with Nick and Ken. Phenomenal Football Friday. Getting prop bets for Week 8 in the National Football League with our friend, our stadium teammate, Brad Evans, on Twitter, at Noisy Huevos. Brad, one of the hosts of Live on the Line, sports betting television show that you can watch here on Stadium uh, at noon Eastern time on weekdays. Uh, Brad, this past Monday night, I don't know if it was like the coming out party for Jordan Addison, because he's had a couple good games, scored a couple touchdowns earlier in the year, but certainly like the rookie out of USC's best game of his rookie season. Uh, do you think Addison has a repeat performance coming up on Sunday in Lambeau Field against the Packers? It may not be a complete replication of what he accomplished uh, under the prime time lights, but uh, I think the receiving yards line is too low. I grabbed it when it opened at 58 and a half. I'd play that sucker up to like 69 and a half. Uh, against Green Bay, uh, again, his projected assignment uh, is rather uh, appeasing on paper, and that is Jair Alexander. You might say, well, Jair Alexander, he's a respected uh, quarterback in the National Football League. Was a respected quarterback in that uh, National Football League because he has been horrendous, to say the least, and covers this season, allowing a 77.8 catch percentage, 155.8 near-perfect passer rating on the air, and 17 flat yards per catch. Uh, I know Green Bay has allowed the four fewest wide receiver yards on the year, but Addison has really uh, built up a nice and budding chemistry with Kirk Cousins, a guy that's way up there in total air yards. He's got nine deep ball targets in total on the season. 
He's hit the over on the 58 and a half of what I grabbed it at in receiving yards and four of his last seven. He's got 24 targets combined over the last three games. Uh, yeah, so I think he's going to have at least 60 yards and a possible touchdown in this one. And a little bonus time, guys. I like uh, a whole lot of Cam Akers as well. Not in rush yards, but receiving yards. Could be a single play payday. The number at seven and a half on receiving yards. That is it. I love the over on this uh, at Bet MGM. Green Bay's lot, six and a half receptions per game, 42.8 receiving yards per game, just to the running back position. 11 dudes have gone for at least eight receiving yards, and Acres is starting to eat into the timeshare opportunities, seizing some touches away from Alexander Madison. Evidence by his Minnesota high 44.8% snap rate played in the last matchup. Brad, let's go to the Saints-Colts game where I feel like, you know, the, the Saints offense has been like kind of a disaster at times this year. Carr's yelling at Olave and throws the ball like 20 yards out of bounds and yells at him. But anyway, but the, the one thing that has been true is the Saints defense been really good in basically every single game that they played. Uh, one of the top rated units in a bunch of statistical categories kind of makes you think whoever they play might just end up struggling versus kind of their baseline averages. Is that how you're going here? Kind of maybe we don't know who wins, but the Saints defense might show up. Yeah, I mean, the Saints defense has showed up and often showed out, particularly defending the pass, and that is the reason why I took the under on Michael Pittman Jr., and I love Michael Pittman Sr., by the way. You want to talk about a gun show? Man, that guy had pipes. He was flexing all over the field back in the day in Arizona. One of my favorite players growing up and playing fantasy football, but his son, I got to fade him this week because of Marshawn Lattimore. Probably going to get a lot of shadow coverage from the decorated DB. And uh, a DB that's been outstanding this season, giving up a 54.3% catch rate, 65.4 passer rating. I think this is going to be a lower scoring affair. And then some people believe. I know Gardner Minshew uh, balled out last week against a very, very good and, and really on paper better secondary in the Cleveland Browns. And Michael Pittman soared past the proposed yardage prop. But uh, in the high 50s right now, I'd still play the under. I don't think he escapes the 40s considering that New Orleans as well, giving up just 6.05 pass yards per attempt and are the eighth best in the league in EPA per play pass defense. So could be a quiet Sunday for Michael Pittman Jr. Now, Brad, let's go to uh, to Atlanta. And Dad, by the way, I totally agree. Like what the underrated running back also, Michael Pittman Sr. Let's go to, uh, to yeah. Atlanta and Tennessee where Arthur Smith, you know, I think, you know, you like to, you like fantasy, you like betting. You like DFS? You probably don't like Arthur Smith after last week. But uh, maybe, Brad, there's something that we do want to do with this Atlanta, with the Falcons' offense up against the Titans' defense. So what do you like here with Atlanta and Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to invest in Atlanta, uh, it'd probably be Bijan on receiving yards. If you want to go, you know, leaning on that market and the narrative, hey, bounce back has got to come because they knew Jack or squat last week uh, due to the sickly symptoms uh, that he was suffering. But really, I think the value resides in Kyle Pitts. And I took the over on receiving errors with him at 34 and a half. And I think it's even down to like 33 and a half right now. Uh, you could take advantage of the Titans through the air. Uh, you look at Pitts and what he has done. 6.3 targets per game. Uh, you might say, well, he's not really delivering on the fantasy hype that some people were uh, broadcasting that was out there. But you look at the advanced analytics, they're outstanding. Number one. And deep ball targets among all tight ends. Numero uno and average depth of target. Numero uno and total air yards as well. And he's been over this receiving yards prop 
and five of seven games. Uh, Tennessee allowing 45.8 receiving yards per game in the tight end position. I think when Desmond River uh, Ritter uh, actually warms up the arm, and um, yeah, it's not really a howitzer, it's more of a water pistol, and releases, he's going to look in the general direction of Kyle Pitts. I think he soars passes easily, I feel. He's going to reach 45 yards. So if you want to ladder this, I don't hate it at all. Again, the number on the baseline at 34.5 or 33.5, depending upon what you grab it at or what the book has supposed to write out at MGM. Brad, in about a minute here, what do you like in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in this Cowboys-Rams game? Well, Cowboys Rams, I uh, like a ton, but most importantly, I like CD Lamb. Uh, I think CD Lamb is going to ball out in this particular contest. And, you know, you know, like uh, on your old disc, man, you had the CD, and you know, maybe it was like for me, an old school MC Hammer album, and you put it on, you press play, and it would like skip, and it would annoy the living hell out of you where you were delivering papers on the route. That's how old I am. People used to do that. Uh, this CD will not skip. He is 100% going to be smooth sailing with that laser focus the entire game. And it's all because of uh, the ability against Kobe Durant, who is a slot quarterback of the LA Rams. And what he has allowed this season of coverage was a 65.5 catch rate, 14.2 yards per catch, and a near 100 passer rating. And they coming off the bye week. Lamb, who was number four in route win percentage, stamp, snaps back and storms back with a vengeance. Uh, I say he goes over the 65 and a half receiving errors prop is what I grab it at. It should be at least 70 in the box score for him on Sunday. When you mentioned CD skipping, like, I, Brad, I think you're in like your early 40s, right? I think we've talked about this before. Uh, I'm 22. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yes, I'm 45, <laughs> mid-40s. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm 40, so, like, we're pretty close. Ken's 39. My, yeah. I remember the CDs, but, like, when I think of CD skipping, I remember my copy of Final Fantasy VII was really scratched and, like, trying to play the third <laughs> disc, and, like, it just... that That's, like, but, like right. you want to see, like, a 14-year-old tilt in a big way? There you have it. That was me yeah. in 1997. Uh, Brad, we appreciate it, as always. If you like Brad's analysis on this show, and for some reason you haven't checked out Live on the Line, which you should, it is uh, noon Eastern time, weekdays on Stadium, an hour-long sports betting television show, and Brad's sports betting podcast is The Fade Five. We encourage everybody to check that out as well. My friend, we sincerely appreciate it. Wishing you the best of luck with your bets this weekend. Stay well, and we'll catch up with you next week. Arizona State plus six. I'm out. <laughs> I love, I love like Brad. We have the Brad ejects from the interview every week with like, here's my bet. See you later. It's it's right, awesome. Bye. Uh, coming up, <laughs> love love Brad. Coming up next, Ben Solak joins us from the Ringer, giving us his favorite bets for Week Eight in the NFL. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. If you're watching the show right now on Stadium, uh, reminder, this is our last segment on Stadium for the day. You can hop on over to Twitch at twitch.tv backslash BetQL or on YouTube or the Odyssey app or the BetQL app or Sirius or XM or any of the thousand other places you can find the show for the Power Hour, the final hour, where Ken and I will give out approximately 748 bets for tonight and for the weekend. Uh, all our thoughts, side and total for every game, Week 8 NFL Sunday, bets of steel, all our bets tonight in the National Hockey League, more games than usual on a Friday, thanks to Frozen Frenzy, uh, 
earlier this week. All our bets tonight in the NBA. Ken has promised us a veritable tome of bets. We'll see how that goes coming up next segment here on the show. And uh, our thoughts and bets on Game 1 of the World Series with the Rangers and the Diamondbacks from Arlington. So again, after the segment, you want to check out the Power Hour, the Final Hour, you should. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL. But joining us right now to cap off our uh, two hours on Stadium for today on this phenomenal Football Friday, it's great to welcome him back to the show. His star continues to rise, does unbelievable work for our friends over at The Ringer, writing for The Ringer um, and hosting The Ringer NFL show, their podcast. His Twitter breakdowns are unbelievable. It's like, 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 like Baldy Jr. almost. And I mean that as like the biggest compliment imaginable for a guy, Brian Baldinger, that comes on the show on Wednesdays with Baldy's breakdowns. Ben's play sheet when he breaks down like plays and players in the National Football League gets a tons of recognition on social media and deservedly show. So be sure to follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. And again, check out his work at The Ringer and on The Ringer NFL show in podcast form. Ben, thanks so much for joining us, man. Welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy week eight. I forgot how you gas up people in these intros, man. It's too much. Oh, yeah. I feel like I got I to gotta hit these high standards, high expectations set with this hit now. These intros are something else. Thanks for having me oh, back. Yeah. I appreciate it. And Ben, we've done this exercise for a couple weeks. Uh, we'll do game bets and, and things that you like for this week in a second, where Nick and I, and I, I kind of posed the question to him, like, how many teams do you think you would need to feel not like that you have 100%, but to just feel confident you have the Super Bowl champion? Like, how many teams oh. would you need to be like, I think like almost all the time. I got it. So I'll tell you, like Nick had, I think like five or six teams and he, we've kind of like put a team in and out every single week. I've for two weeks, I've just been like, I want Kansas city and I want San Francisco and I'll take Cincinnati in case this is a thing. And I'm, and I'm good. And I think I got the winner oh, yeah? just with those three. Yeah. How, what's, what's your, what would your bucket look like? How many teams do you need in the bucket? My head immediately went to seven. Uh, I, I did AFC. I went uh, chiefs. I took bills still. I took Ravens. And I took dolphins. I don't have the Bengals in that bucket. And then NFC, I took Eagles, Niners, and Cowboys. I'm still, I'm still there enough on Dallas. I've heard enough rumors about Dallas being very active at the trade deadline that I think they could still add a player and and, and improve the power ranking a little bit, improve the the the, the style a little bit. It's also just a, a very good team, right? Like so much stupid stuff's going on, and the coaching decisions have been dumb, and the Trayvon Diggs injury sucks. Altogether, it's like the best pressure group that we have, and then it's still been a top ten offense almost every single season that Dak Prescott's been a quarterback for them, right? Like this is like a reliable offensive group. They've gotten bounced by the Niners twice in the postseason. All they need is a nice run to not run into San Francisco. And I feel like they can beat everybody who's going to be in the NFC playoffs. So I'm still there on Dallas. Um, I've been there on the Dolphins since the beginning. Dolphins are going to get Javon Holland back. They're going to get Jalen Ramsey back. This defense is going to round out. And then the Ravens are the team to me that uh, I expect them to be bad in September with the new coaching staff, uh, especially on offense, the new receivers, and then get better and better and kind of peak in November. They're ahead of the schedule I anticipated. This defense is, to me, the, the scariest one on the AFC side for sure. If there's a defense I trust to take the wind out of the sails of like Mahomes and Allen on back-to-back -back weeks, I would trust this defense. So those three make it over the bar for me right now. Uh, we will we'll ask Ben his thoughts on the Ravens-Cardinals game and if he thinks Baltimore can cover a huge number as we move along in the interview. But Ben, just want to, you gave us some thoughts there on Dallas, and we grouped, Ken and I did in the first hour of the show and our breakdown of Thursday Night Football and spinning it forward to next week and the rest of the season, like kind of grouped like Buffalo and Dallas together. Like, do you trust either of these teams, Dallas and the NFC and Buffalo and the AFC? I think I'm a little higher on Buffalo's ceiling than Ken is, but even I'm not like... I don't know if Buffalo's ever going into Arrowhead and beating the Chiefs. You included the Bills in your bucket as a team that could potentially yeah. still win the Super Bowl. Why are you still confident in the Buffalo Bills? 17 still play quarterback over there? He does. 
for yeah, now. I'm good. Here we go. They might win it. I, I like, you know, I, uh, the Josh Allen conversations are always fun because he's a mercurial player, right? He's high highs and low lows. And there's always a couple games. There's usually a prime time one where he lays a stinker, right? We had a week one against the Jets. So absolutely, there's reason to, to have conversations around Josh Allen. But if you take any number that we use for, you know, catch-all quarterback evaluation, and if you just take, I think, the general eye test over the last five years of football, and if you thanos Patrick Mahomes off the face of the earth, he's gone. He never existed. We would be positive Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the league. It's only because he is second and Mahomes is rarefied first and we never talk about him. He's always the best that we allow other dudes into the conversation. Like, oh, what about Burrow from like last season when the Bengals were going to get their run? You know, they'll be like, oh, what about a Lamar thing over the course of the season if he keeps playing at this level? We, we add second guys in because, okay, you can't touch Mahomes at one, but maybe QB2 is gettable. If you took Mahomes off the face of the planet, Allen would lead quarterbacking metrics in every metric in like all the last three seasons. And you would also watch him and be like, that guy's the Terminator. Nobody can do what he does. And so it's only because we have this relative measure of Mahomes who legitimately might be the GOAT that Allen feels gettable. And so Allen, to me, there are, there are two quarterbacks right now who exist in the bucket where if I have to face them in January, I am terrified, I'm shaking in my boots, and I'm doing it for four quarters, and that's 15 in Kansas City and 17 in Buffalo. And we can't take that away from them. The, the Bills, for as long as Allen has Terminator ability, the Bills are going to scare me. Yeah, it's like, well, Allen tweeted the week after they lost that divisional game when, when Casey says that, just pain. Like that's because he because Mahomes is in the same yeah. era. They're just it's like he's not. And you're right about that. Like he's just he's going to be second. Like that's kind of the way it's going to be. Uh, what's a what's a bet coming up for this weekend that you really like? Yeah, I uh, that, that Kansas City game. I, I peeked at it a little bit. Lines getting to seven on Denver. I don't think I'm going to take it. I do like the over in that game uh, quite a bit at 46. I think that this they when they played earlier in the season, it was a stinker. There were turnover on downs. And there were turnovers in the red zone and short fields. It became field goals. A lot of stuff that makes that total seem lower. The, the Broncos have explosive play potential when they're throwing the football. This team is going to be effective when they're pushing the ball deep downfield. You've seen them actually look like, by EPA, by success rate, like a semi-decent offense. They haven't had the point production for it, but they have the ability to get there. And then I think offensively, the Chiefs are rounding into form week in and week out. I'd be surprised if they have as poor of a performance against a Vance Joseph defense that's just been so susceptible, especially to the deep ball this season. So I do like over 46 in that game when we're talking uh, AFC contenders. Chiefs, uh, Broncos, I can see being surprisingly high scoring for the way that they played one another the first time around. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Phenomenal Football Friday. Talking week eight in the National Football League with the awesome Benjamin Solak of The Ringer and The Ringer NFL Show. He is on Twitter at his name, at, uh, at Benjamin Solak. Uh, ben, I teased it earlier in the interview, uh, so I'll ask you. Do you think the Ravens are going to cover a huge number this weekend on the road at the Cardinals? Uh, about nine and a half right now. Maybe this goes to ten. And in case you didn't see it, this happened like a little while ago. Cardinals officially listing Kyler Murray as doubtful for this game, which means yeah. we are extremely likely, obviously, to get at least one more game of Josh Dobbs as Cardinals starting quarterback. Yeah, and with, with the trade deadline coming up, I think that makes sense. You kind of just, you know, don't play Kyler until the deadline passes and just let, you know, in case there's phone calls, you know, no injuries, no, you know, re-injuries and whatever. Uh I the Ravens are like by my by my rankings they're like eleven and a half points better than the Cardinals. I like uh, Lamar against Jonathan Gannon defense. Where okay they play a ton of zone, but he's been so effective passing this year. Should be able to move the ball freely. I love this defense against a, a, a Josh Dobbs coach unit that does, or Josh Dobbs brand unit that doesn't have a lot of offensive firepower. But this does feel a little. A little stinky, just with uh, uh, the Ravens coming off of as big of a win as they had against the Lions. The Ravens also tend to be a team that just 
play lesser opponents a little bit closer than they should. Don't necessarily slam the door uh, on, on, on opponents with big wins like that. They'll turn into a run first team into a short yardage team pretty quickly in the second half if they're nursing a lead. So I, I think they're better. I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up like an 11 point win, a 13 point win. I personally won't take this because I do think this is a spot where the Ravens aren't going to jump out to a huge lead the way they did against the Lions. They just typically don't do that. And accordingly, you're going to be worried about the back door the, the entire second half. I don't need that for myself. I'm staying away from this one. <laughs> ben, a topic that we, we've discussed that. a little feel, bit this week. I feel week. the same way sometimes yeah. when I handicap games. Like, I don't want to do this for three hours no, to myself. Absolutely. Right. No, I, I, if, if I had a stronger number and it was a system play and I like really believed in it, then absolutely, let's go for it. As it is where I'm like, oh, I'm taking it because I have a lean that way. No, I don't need this stress in my life. My blood pressure is high enough as it is. Yeah, in a, in a related story, I gave out Indiana plus 32 against uh, Penn State on Saturday, which yeah, is like ex exactly one of those situations. Not so a pleasant experience, we're, yeah. We're looking forward to that. Uh, ben, in about like 90 seconds here, a topic we've done on the show this week is, okay, like is a really bad team about to be the last NFC playoff seed? Like, okay, like we do the four division winners. You got mm -hmm. Dallas as the five, Seattle as the six for right now. And then you look and you just go, and who? Like, an NFC South team that doesn't win the division. Minnesota and Green Bay both play each other this week. I think like Minnesota definitely feels like maybe they can get back into things. There's a lot of potential options. None of them very good. Giants, commanders, like who gets the seven here in like 90 seconds? Yeah, I think the Vikings are, are a good candidate uh, to, to stay strong, get Justin Jefferson back, make a run. Brian Flores is a handful to deal with as a defensive coordinator, man. He's a really good game planner. I would not want to face the Vikings like as a 2-7 seed. That's just a headache I don't want to deal with. The one team I would mention that you didn't is the Rams. It's tough to get three out of a division, especially NF NFC West. They're all going to play each other. The Rams offensively have what they're – they want Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay offense with Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. We can score points, right? We know we can do this. Defensively, they're so young. But here's the thing about young teams. They get better. The young guys get out there and they get reps and they improve and they settle in. Uh, and I think you're starting to see that along their defensive line a little bit in their coverage as well. Uh, as long as that offense can keep them afloat and keep the record there, I wouldn't be surprised if defensively in December, they're enough to kind of get over the hill, be a, 500, a, a game better than 500, maybe sneak in as the seventh seed. So the Rams are a team that, a lot of it depends on how well they win one-score games, how well they hang record-wise in these months. But I wouldn't be surprised if defensively they'd pick things up and they feel like they could be a playoff team down the stretch. Ben, 20 seconds to go here. Who wins on Sunday, the Giants or the Jets? The Giants. They're playing the better quarterback this time. Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, just a nice, <laughs> nice, effective veteran starter there uh, in New York with, with, with the Giants. This is a disgusting game. I do think the Giants win it, but uh, I, I won't be pleased watching it. Oh, I, if the Giants win, I'll be very pleased watching it as a, yeah. as a lifelong Giants fan. All the Jets fans in my life, uh, all my friends chirping me this week. Uh, ben, you're awesome, and we're not just saying that because you're on the show. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'd like want to have you on the show more, but no, you're very busy. Ben is awesome. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. Check out his work over at The Ringer and The Ringer NFL show in podcast form. My friend, thank you so much for the time. Best of luck with the bets this weekend, and we look forward to catching up with you down the line. I appreciate it, fellas. Y'all be well. Our friend Ben Solak joining us here on You Better, You Bet. He's like, this, like I mean, like, it's obvious. Like, he's like exceptional when it comes to breaking this stuff down. Teams in the bucket. I was like, I don't think I need that many teams. I'm probably short-sighted on some of these teams. Like, he wants a lot of teams. I don't want a lot of teams. He doesn't have, he doesn't have Cincinnati in. Maybe I'm nuts about that. Everybody's got a different bucket right now. That's okay. We're going to figure this out pretty soon. I think the what the team that's really interesting that he talked about was Baltimore. And maybe we'll get a better sense of what Baltimore is sure. if they like stomp the Cardinals on Sunday. If you're watching on stadium, you want to check out the final hour, twitch.tv backslash betql. We'll give you basketball bets for tonight, hockey bets for tonight, baseball bets for tonight, and NFL bets for Sunday.
We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 